Hello and welcome to Second Acts. I'm your host, Linwood Lawton. Well, the Super Bowl is over and the Grammys have faded from our collective conscience. So next up on America's cultural scoreboard, the Oscars will be presented this Sunday. Here to preview this Sunday's awards for all things cinematic is our resident film critic, Parker Enix Ross. Hi, Parker. Hello. Looking forward to the Oscars? Yeah, the Oscars, uh, when you're kind of in, interested and highly invested in film, were kind of this big event because they're both very important to the culture, but at the same time, it's kind of the running joke. They never pick anything for the year it should win, so it's kind of you care, but you don't, and you're you're highly invested right up until your favorite movie doesn't win, and then it's all a sham and a hoax and useless until the next year. <laughs> Is the Oscars your favorite award show? Uh, I think it's kind of for the, the pageantry of it, yes, but I kind of try to follow more of the kind of independent awards, uh, smaller scale awards, SAG awards, because those tend to have more industry people voting, people who go out and actually see the movies. A lot of, you get these reports of Oscar stories, people didn't see Parasite, or they didn't see any of the animated pictures nominated, but they still get to vote, and it's kind of maddening to hear these people dismiss movies, quality movies, because eh, they just weren't feeling it. For uh, people who may not be familiar with SAG, why don't you tell our audience what SAG is? SAG is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. It's the kind of union for actors, uh, specifically. And then they have a separate branch for writers. Uh, and they kind of encompass a lot of media jobs, not just in Hollywood, but uh, outside the sphere. So uh, journalists uh, can join SAG-AFTRA uh, for broadcast journalism, for the broader uh, writers guild i see so um last year i remember there was an awful lot of discussion and, and hand-wringing pearl clutching whatever you want to refer to it as uh on diversity in films or at least diversity in the awarding of uh oscars to certain filmmakers whether they be actors or directors or producers has anything changed or, or 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 is that discussion still going on this year or has anything changed that you've noticed? So the discussion is still going on and I think it will continue to uh, be a discussion held in the industry because the I think there is a push for more diversity and it's not just to include more people of color but to kind of highlight those roles and kind of promote those movies because they it's not an issue of quality the quality and the talent is there it's that the opportunities aren't being given um so i think when you had the uh oscar so white controversy it was you know that no you know directors of color or women were nominated for uh, Best Director, or their movies weren't nominated, and they were clearly quality movies. And this year, there was kind of a similar, uh, I, I don't want to use uproar, but there was a similar discussion, there's similar anger, because directors like Lulu Wang and Greta Gerwood weren't nominated for Best Director. However, Greta Gerwood's adaptation of Little Women is nominated for Best Picture, and I've always personally thought it weird 
that if a movie does if a movie gets nominated for best picture but the director doesn't get nominated for best director kind of creates a weird yeah, how does that happen? Yeah, because somebody. you admit that the movie is good. Right. It's clearly good enough to be one of the 10 best movies nominated, but the director, who is a large part of that film's vision, doesn't get a nomination. So however the Academy can square that is their business. But there is still similar debates going on, you know, this year, since no woman has been, no woman this year has been nominated for best director, which is just, is weird. It's just... You can't square that to me that no woman made a movie last year that was worth nominating. It's not. Well, even going back to what you were saying about um, how can you have a best picture? And I'm sure this has happened. There's been a film that's been nominated or won best picture, but the director or the screenplay weren't. Yes. This is not the first year that's happened. I should make that clear so it's not... The Oscars hasn't broken protocol on this. I just think it's kind of a folly in their argument that this is one of the nine best movies or ten best movies or however many movies we nominate this year, but the director isn't one of the, you know, five or six best directors. It's similar to um, in sports. Oftentimes you will hear um, the best team doesn't always win. In my uh, response to that, my theory of that is, Kansas, get, let's, let's go to the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs won. They are, by definition, the best team. Right. The best team beats everybody, and they become champion. You can't be the best team and not win. By definition, the best, if you're in a competition. So going back to the best film, I really, and I'm with you, I really don't understand how you can be or how you can have best film and not have at least two of the elements go along with the best director and best, uh, say, best screenplay. I can see how, on the other hand, you can have a best actor, but the film doesn't get, you know, best picture, say. Right. That and I understand. I can agree. And I, I would even agree that if you had best director and the film for... And the film for best picture, I could even see a film win for best picture and the director not necessarily win. But I feel like the director should be nominated. at least nominated. Right. Because they would then compete among other like um, because there are there are some technical aspects in directing, you know, choices, stylistic elements that you could say, I think, a whole because a best picture could be a combination of elements, the acting, the editing, the score. And, and it goes on and that all of those elements are not necessarily connected to a director, but the director is a large part of it. And I think just acknowledging that the movie itself is worthy of, you know, kind of accolades, but not the director who kind of got it there. It's just something yeah. that's always been weird to me. And it's as long as I started following the Oscars and I've been following the Oscars now about six years looking through some of them going, well, how did that get a Best Picture nomination, but you didn't nominate the director just always seemed off to me. Right, because then you wonder, all right, and not to beat this bit dead horse to death even more, but you wonder, okay, if it's the Best Picture, why? You know, if you don't nominate, if you don't nominate the director, at least nominate, director doesn't like you, so doesn't have to win, but at least nominate that person, nominate the person who wrote the screenplay, nominate the uh, 
you know, the photographer or um, who's the uh, director the, of photography, right, the director, cinematographer. Exactly. Because all of those elements go into presumably make the best picture. So unless you nominate all of those people, I just don't understand how it stands right. on its own. I mean, does it do it strictly on box office? Well, then okay, it doesn't. But that would be the only, well, this picture made more money than everybody else, so it's the best picture, which an argument could be made for that, but uh, that's another discussion for another day. Um, who are some of the front runners this year so for this year awards? For this year, um, we've got the big kind of front runners are uh, 1917, which won the Golden Globe. So that kind of it came out, you know, uh, Christmas and is kind of steadily been building momentum. Uh, Marriage Story, which dropped uh, on Netflix in November, and that's Noah Baumbach, who kind of writes these really uh, deep, really emotional screenplays. Uh, we studied him in screenwriting class. He wrote The Squid and the Whale. Um, so that kind of has been gaining a lot of steady traction. Uh, the Irishman, obviously, uh, viewers will, or listeners, rather, will remember we discussed The Irishman. It's Scorsese, you know, Al Pacino, De Niro, Joe Pesci all together. It's kind of, it was, it was going to be nominated. And then uh, Parasite, which is my personal kind of dark horse pick, uh, has been getting a lot of attention. It won uh, its Golden Globes. It's been kind of building steam. It's the first Korean film to be nominated for Best uh, Picture ever. So that's kind of uh, historic. It's also just very, very good. Uh, it has kind of a art house appeal or art house vibe, but it's... I found it to be accessible enough that that element wouldn't deter audiences, even though it is, yes, an art house film, and yes, it is subtitled, but it's kind of, you don't notice those elements going in. You're kind of just so wrapped up in its story that I don't think that's enough of a barrier to deter people from watching. Now, how about actors and actresses? Who are some of the front runners in those categories? So the kind of the big front runner for actors, Joaquin Phoenix, for his portrayal of the Joker in Joker. He's won, been winning awards, Golden Globes and uh, the British BAFTAs, which are kind of like the British version of the Oscars. And he's kind of been sweeping up uh, awards left and right. And it's one of those things that like uh, it's Joaquin's kind of time to really do it on a big stage. Uh, and it seems like that's kind of where the wind is drifting. Um, so that's who you have for best actor, best actress. Uh, I actually haven't seen any of the movies nominated for best actress because you have Cynthia Ervio for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. I think generally I'm leaning towards Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. It just seems that has the most buzz around it, but there are nominations for and i'm gonna try to pronounce well, this saricio ronan for little women little women has a lot of buzz it's uh kind of really been it's kind of the big snub of this year uh people are really upset that again greta garwick didn't get nominated for best director and it seems kind of almost forgotten in the bigger some of the bigger flashier names are out there now in um the case of Harriet, the woman who plays the lead is actually a British actress. And there was, I remember when that was released, there was some 
um, murmuring or a gnashing of teeth over the fact that she was British and not American. And actually, for my standpoint, it gets to the point where you're like, you know, if she can do it, she can do it. And I haven't seen the film. I've seen the trailers. Nobody's sitting in the, the film going, hey, wait a minute. She's a Brit. You know, she's she commands the role. And um, you believe that that's Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And I not a British Harriet Tubman, but a Harriet Tubman. Right. And I can understand, you know, you want someone, the best actor, you get the best actor or actress for the role. And that's, you know, what you should do. I can also see the counter argument to that in that there are, there are African-American heroes and they're important for African-American history. And ideally you would find an African-American actor for that role if it's of you know historic value and you look into kind of what that means for a people's culture and a group's kind of identity and there is also the argument that you know british actors maybe if they are trying to break into an american hollywood market are cheaper so you went with the british actor over an american actor because the it would have been cheaper to make the film and is that necessarily is then it becomes a whole messier discussion about well was that the best actor or was it the best actor you could get for the best price and the back and the forth of it and it's just a messy conversation to have <laughs> but i think it's uh well they're probably conversations worth having i would assume that the actress who did hair i shouldn't keep referring to to her do you what um her name is the, the actress that, that did harriet i would assume had to um uh had to try out for the role had to audition for the role yes and you know more than one person auditioned whoever the filmmakers were thought that she was the best person for the role and cast right. her in the role and i'm and i have not seen harriet i am sure she is good in the role obviously she was good enough to get a best actress nomination I think, though, there is there should be a conversation kind of had because I think it's similar to conversations they have when they get an actress, uh, an African-American actress who's light skinned to play a historical figure who was dark skinned. There is kind of a different connotation. There is an importance to getting a dark skinned actress because that is a representation of another kind and you don't want to get a Halle Berry's not playing Harriet Tubman right you don't want to marginalize a group because that is a part of that historical figure's identity and part of their story so you don't want that erased just like you would ideally maybe like to give an African-American actress the role of Harriet Tubman because she was American in that but, you know, there's only so many options, and I wasn't there for the casting process, so I don't know how many actresses, you know, signed up to do the role, and if Cynthia was the best one, she was the best one, kind of the end. Right. Cynthia Erivo, that's Arivo. the actress's name. Um, all right, moving along, now that we know who you like, let's uh, get a feel of who you really think will win. Um, so first, let's do Best Picture. Who do you think will win that? So Best Picture is kind of tricky. The I would really like Parasite, but I think uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being kind of a tribute to 
that uh, fading twilight of the golden age of cinema in Hollywood. The Academy kind of likes that feel. They like nostalgia. So I think that has a really strong shot of winning. But then 1917 won the Golden Globe. So it could be between those two. And I wouldn't really be surprised if either of those won. Now, 1917 is a uh, World War One film. A yes. couple of years ago, not last year, but I think the year before, there was another well-received war film and I'm trying to think, the name doesn't come to me right away, but I really liked it. Um, it's just interesting that, that, that these films still are compelling um, as we move further and further away, and particularly World War I, there, there's probably no one uh, still alive that was around during World War I. No, and there was a push. Peter Jackson had done a World War I documentary called They Will Not Grow Old, and it was kind of archive footage uh, from... England archives and museums they had dedicated to World War One. I, I think some live interviews with people who happened to still be alive and kind of collected. And um, so that was a big push. And there seems to be among certain some uh, British directors a kind of a renewed interest in uh, World War One, I, I guess, because it was the centennial had been in 2017, so it had been 100 years that had passed, and we see it kind of crop up in some movies. 1917, uh, like I said, Peter Jackson's movie Tolkien, which is in part a movie about J.R.R. Tolkien, but part of that was due to him being involved in in war. So that's it's just been an interesting kind of note right there, I thought that there was, has um, there haven't been world war one hasn't been uh setting a lot of films have gone to in a more modern era right because there's an entire generation that other than history books have no idea about uh in fact world war one was supposed to be the war to end all wars correct and it was one of the most all wars brutal but it was probably one of the most brutal wars ever uh, for a lot of different reasons. But moving along, I'm, I'm glad you, you pointed those things out about uh, Peter Jackson. Give us uh, a better insight of, of why these movies are being made, how they're being made, and the stories that people continue to, to tell. Who do you think, up next, who do you think um, will take away the hardware for Best Actor? For the Best Actor, I think... Of the people nominated, you have Leonardo DiCaprio has been nominated, Joaquin Phoenix, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, which got a little bit of buzz, um, but sadly you're not hearing anything, so I don't think he's got a strong I didn't even shot. know he was in the... Uh, uh, he was, yeah, 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 Pain and Glory came out, I think, middle of last year. Um, I know some people have seen it, and they really enjoyed it, but... I've heard nothing about it, but yeah. moving and then along. Jonathan Price for The Two Popes, which... It's also on Netflix. Netflix has got some some pretty decent contenders. Uh, and Adam Driver for Marriage Story. I think of those, it, Joaquin Phoenix, I just... For the Joker. For, for Joker. Right. It's made an insane amount of money. It's uh, of people who, even the people who didn't like Joker, who I've talked to, said, well, Joaquin Phoenix is very good in it. My issue, issues with the movie aside. So I think it's kind of... Uh, he's the real standout uh, star. Leonardo DiCaprio is very good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's nothing 
extraordinary. It's not some role where you think, oh, we really kind of transformed or changed. He's just very good. Yeah, I read one thing um, that said it was his best role ever. I'm not sure I agree with that, but, you know. Um, uh, but then again, the way Oscar voting works, he could win just because they have like a weird system where if you and I are voting in the Academy and say you vote for Joker and I vote for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so we don't agree. But then our second choice, we both agree on our second one. That's the one that gets kind of, if everyone agrees on their second pick, then that's, that's the, the one. one. And that's kind of, <laughs> they kind of go through that. So that's, if you've ever wondered, well, how did that win? It's that's probably right. because no one actually wanted it. But right. we all agreed that that movie was pretty good. Which is damning them with faint praise if the second place Basically. or third place comes up. But anyway, moving along. Uh, for Best Actress, who do you think will take it? So best actress, I think uh, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Uh, Marriage Story has the most buzz out of any of the movies nominated or any of the women who have been nominated for best actress because you have Charlize Theron for Bombshell, which I didn't see. I don't know anyone who was really rushing to see Bombshells. Wait a minute. Bombshell came out in 2019? It did. It came out, I believe, December of 2019. December? No, that would have been just a month or so ago. Yep. But I saw Bombshell. That's the one where she plays an assassin. No. Oh, oh, I'm thinking no, of thinking I'm of thinking of way of, different. Right. I'm thinking of yeah, okay. Bombshell was the 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 um the uh, Fox, the, the News. Fox News. Yeah. Uh yeah, okay. So Which, less said about that the better. Uh right. And but then, I do like Charlize, so okay. So I'm thinking I was thinking of uh, yeah, totally different film. Okay. So how about best supporting actor so best supporting actor joe uh pesci and al pacino were nominated for the irishman so either those are both strong brad pitt for once upon a time in hollywood which i think could be a real strong contender because i think that i once upon a time in hollywood i feel is more brad pitt's movie than it is leonardo dicaprio's so that might be kind of nudge him up um and then Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which, so it's between, you know, it's Mr. Rogers or The Irishman. And right. I don't. Tom Hanks. Who wants to go up against Tom Hanks? That, it, that's rough. It's, it's rough. Tom uh, Hanks and Mr. Rogers. I mean, you know. That, but then <laughs> you think, well, Joe Pesci came back. Right. And, and Joe was good. And he, he was, was very good. good. And, and he was he was different than he he would, didn't play the homicidal maniac that he played in uh, Goodfellas. No, it's, you know. a, it's a different role. Right. And the Academy does like a oh well, he is old. We may want to just <laughs> just give it to him. I mean, not and it's that not like old, but, it's you know. not like Tom Hanks doesn't have an Oscar, right. so we don't we're not stiffing anybody on their Oscar. How about Best Supporting Actress? So, Best Supporting Actress, we have Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. Oh, she's outstanding. Uh, Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Scarlett Johansson again for Jojo Rabbit. So, she's in two categories. Yes. Okay. Uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Wow. And Florence Pugh for Little Women. That's going to be tough. That, that actually tough. is tough. Right. I'm thinking... I have heard a lot of great things about Laura Dern in Marriage Story, so that might be... Enough to get it, but then again, everyone just loves Little Women, so I don't know if the Academy is going to you know, front load Little Women with a lot of nominations or awards to make up for not nominating the director for Best Director <laughs> right. and trying to make us all forget. 
that okay, yes, we didn't do the we didn't nominate a woman for best director. Calm down, everyone any got awards for something else. So it that's hard to say. I would like it to be Florence for Little Women. All right, real quick, f- give me three off uh, off the top of your head for these last three categories that I have: screenplay, foreign film, animated short. Foreign film, Parasite, because just Parasite. Um, you said screenplay? Correct. Kind of like Knives Out. Okay. Um, it probably won't win because Parasite is also in that category, and I believe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is also in that category, but just give Ryan Johnson an Oscar, make my day. And animated, you know, Jessica animated? Yes. Toy Story 4. Toy yeah. Story 4. Uh, it's nominated. It's Pixar. Uh, like I said, the Academy doesn't have to see all these movies and Disney and Pixar tend to sweep a lot of animated awards because the name brand, the recognition and the, I guess the Academy members with kids saw Toy Story 4 to be Toy Story 4. All right. I made a mistake. I said animated short, but I meant animated, animated feature. feature. Um, and so I, I'm glad you, uh, you cleared that up for us. Now, there are dozens of other categories, and, and we could spend uh, quite a while going through them all, but I'm glad you were able to give us your insight on the ones we did discuss. And for all you betters out there, Parker has the goods, so make sure you share the wealth with us when you win. You've been listening to Second X from the Macro Sound Studio in Union, New Jersey. Thank you, Parker, for coming in. Thank you for having me. You can find us at Linwood Lawton Second Acts on SoundCloud. And as my mom used to say, all goodbyes aren't gone. See you next time.